0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit Spirit is fed, fed, where my My faith faith grows grows stronger, stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Not be overcome, overwhelmed, defeated, but to be an overcomer. That's a vast difference between being a victim or being a victor. Being overcome or overcomer. Come on, say it out loud, class. I am, I am an, overcomer an overcomer in Christ. In Christ. I am, I am more, than a more than a conqueror by the greater one, by the greater one in, me. in me. Hallelujah. No matter what you're facing or dealing with today, um, it's never as bad as the enemy makes it out to be, never. And God's on the throne and he's not trying to figure out how to get you out of this mess. He already knows how. He's already made a way and all you got to do is trust him and follow him step by step and he will lead you right out of the lack, the need, the problem into the healing, the deliverance, the wisdom, the answer So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come into the class today. Give the Lord your full attention and full focus for these next few minutes. And you will hear from Him. You're already hearing from Him. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you and for the help of your Spirit. And we ask for answers today for everybody watching and listening. We ask for the direction and help for right now, for strength. Strengthen everyone in their spirit, in their inner man, by your spirit, I pray. And we thank you for answers and help now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you look in our great textbook, the Bible, to the book of Acts? And um, if you haven't been with us on the last number of weeks, we have been on this topic we're calling Faith for Healing. And uh, anybody remember how faith comes, how you get faith? It comes by hearing and hearing by the anointed word. And um, faith must be fed and developed in each area. Just because your faith is strong in one area, doesn't mean it's automatically developed in every area. So to get faith for healing, you need to hear what the Lord said about it. So we, we took one by one the 20 individual accounts of healing that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you weren't with us for that, uh, that was a lot of good study, a lot of good feeding. So go to faithschool.org and, and watch any and all of them at your schedule, at your leisure. It won't cost you anything. There's no charge. And it all builds. And so we, one upon another, we studied those 20 cases. And now we're into the book of Acts because there are cases of healing and deliverance here also after the resurrection uh, of the master and ascension of the master. We see the works that he began continued. Through the church, if you look in Acts uh, one, uh, one and one, the very beginning of the book tells you that. In Acts one one, uh, and remember, it was uh, Doctor Luke that the Spirit of God used to pen this. He said, "The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus." The former treatise that he's referring to is what we call the Gospel account of Luke. And that is a, um, uh, a record, he said, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Everybody say, began. began. So all of these works that Jesus did, the teaching, the preaching, the, the healing, the deliverance and, and, and miracles, that's not something that was completed and finished. When he uh, finished his earthly ministry, now when he uh, hung on the cross and he said, "It is finished," that was his sacrifice for us, uh, and that's something only he could do as the sinless, spotless sacrifice. And so, when he said, "It is finished," then the offering of himself, of his body, of his uh, of his blood. He had done it and he he expired, he died. And and then after three days uh, arose and and entered into the Holy of Holies with his own blood and obtained an eternal redemption for us. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Lord. And that was accomplished. And all that will ever need to be done and to pay for our redemption has been done has been completed, has been finished. But what he did in his earthly ministry, teaching and preaching, do we still need teaching and preaching today? Of course. Well, why don't we need the other things, the healing and, and the deliverance and the miracles? We do. We do. And so what you will see in the book of Acts is healings and deliverances that sound remarkably like what you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's because they are a continuation of what Jesus did. And is He still alive today? Is He still Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is is it still His will to do the same things in our year, in our time, in our place, as He did recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John those centuries ago? He hasn't changed. He never changes. People change. People change. Generations change. People decide to believe things that are not true. People decide to limit the Holy One of Israel. But God never changed. And His Word doesn't change. So we see in the second chapter of the book of Acts the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we see with that great filling and empowerment, and then um, the sign that all those people heard and understood them in their languages, thousands of people got saved. And then in the very next chapter, we see, and we studied this one, I guess it was uh, last week, this past week in our faith school classes, that um, Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and they uh, commanded that lame man that had been lame for over 40 years to rise and walk, and he did. It was a great miracle and a sign, and and thousands other people got saved. And by this time, just in these first couple of chapters, we know there are at least 5,000 people in the church here. It's more than that. Uh, That's the the starting numbers we had. And it said the Lord was adding, you know, at different times said he was adding daily to the church, such as should be saved. So uh, thousands of people had come in and you see that connection. God's plan to reach the lost has always been through his uh, healings and deliverances and even signs. And wonders. There has never been, and there never will be, a more effective way of reaching the lost. Healing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deliverance. Why? Because it reveals God, the reality of God, and the goodness of God. And it's something that the devil has fought so hard to hide. And that's why he fights healing so hard. Because uh, he doesn't want people seeing who God really is. He's a healer. He's a restorer. He's a deliverer. The deliverer. The healer. Hallelujah. hallelujah. And he's good. And the enemy will try to portray God, uh, first of all, that he doesn't even exist, if people will believe that. But... If not, he'll try to portray God just as hard and judgment and cruel and uncaring and untouchable and unreachable lies. I said lies, those are lies. He's a good, 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 good Father God. And he's always been Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord, your healer. The Lord who heals you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And like the psalmist said, He forgives all our iniquities and He heals all our diseases. If we believe the first part of the verse, why not go ahead and believe the whole verse? Yes. What do you think? Yes. How many believe it's God's will? To forgive all your iniquities. I mean, would you raise a hand? and say, I, I'm convinced. I'm fully persuaded. It is God's will to forgive all our iniquities and sins. Well, that's just half the verse there in Psalm 103. The rest of it says, and, somebody say and, and, and who heals all, A-L-L, same word, your diseases. And sometimes people say, well, no, if it was God's will for everybody to be healed, then everybody would be healed. Eh, wrong, (laughs) wrong again. You could say the same thing about people being born again. You could say, well, if it's God's will for everybody to be born again, then everybody would be born again. The scripture said, Peter said, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, are people perishing? Sadly, they are. And it's not God's will. Well, why are they perishing? If God's almighty and if it's not his will, how could that be? Because it's not his choice. He has truly given human beings a free will. And he has left it up to us what we choose to believe. We can choose him or we can reject him. We can believe what he said or we can believe any other of a million lies that are floating around in the earth. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the truth. Jesus said, thy word is truth. And what will the truth do for you, class? The truth, if you'll get a hold of it and believe it and receive it and do it, it will make you free. Somebody say the truth. truth. Oh, thank you for the truth. Is making me free. It's making me free. free. And part of some of the lies that it will liberate you from is that God doesn't care or that it's not always God's will to heal or not always God's will to forgive or save or whatever. Those are lies. And the truth of the word will set you free from that oppression and that confusion and that darkness. Well, in... uh, we studied this case in Acts 3 of the healing of the man lame man at the gate called Beautiful. And we spent several days on that. If you weren't with us, again, go online, faithschool.org, and look it up. Uh, again, no charge. But we see a few chapters later, if you skip on over to the, uh, the ninth chapter, we see another healing. And you got to remember, this is after the ascension of the Lord Jesus. Uh, The Master is no longer on the earth, in the flesh, just like now, and yet He is here in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ is with us 24-7, all the time. In Acts 9, notice in verse uh, 32. 9.32 says, It came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all and quarters is added, all places we could say he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lidda. If I understand correctly, this place is uh, just i don't know eight miles southeast now of where the Tel Aviv airport is in in Israel, so right around that area, and there he found a certain man named. Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years, and was sick of the palsy, or some form of paralysis. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Hallelujah. Now, is that good news? Or is that good news? How about really, really good news, right? Put yourself in Eneas' in place. You've been bedfast for eight years. The, the bigger part of your body doesn't work. That, uh, this word, uh, uh, palsy. There, it uh, it means uh, that whatever the part of the body is, it it's not. It, it won't contract. It won't become firm. It's loose. And permanently relaxed and non, non-functioning paralysis and, and non-functioning. I don't know if it was a nervous problem, nerve damage, I'm saying, or what kind of disease it was. But for eight years, he has been bedfast. And Peter comes to town. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he, I guess hears about his his situation, and he goes to see him, and he said, Aeneas, you know the Lord will call your name? Yes. I said, did you know the Lord will call your name? Yes. He knows your name. He knows the very number of the hairs on your head. You don't keep up with that, <laughs> right? If I asked you right now, you wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> Some of us might say, well, less than we used to have, but <laughs> we don't don't know, don't know. He keeps, uh, well, why would he say that? He cares more about you than you do. Praise God. He cares more about you than you care about you. He's keeping up with things you don't care about. You're not even making the effort or taking the time to keep up with. And... Um, he called his name, Aeneas? Aeneas? You no, know, it reminds me of uh, uh, when Hannah, you know, uh, prayed for a baby in the scriptures, and, and the Lord gave her, you know, by the power of God, gave her the ability, and Samuel was born. And uh, then he was uh, uh, loaned or given to the Lord, and they brought him to the temple. and as a young boy, he was when he lay down to go to sleep, uh, he heard Samuel, <laughs> and so he jumped up. He's just a, a boy. He jumped up and ran in to the high priest Eli and said, "Huh? What you need?" And Eli said, "I didn't call you. Go back and go to sleep." Remember, he's just a young boy. So he goes and lays back down, and after a little while, he hears Samuel, Samuel. He jumps up. And Runs back to Eli and says, What? Well, I'm here. Eli says, Boy, I didn't call you. Go, go back to sleep. And so he went back and laid down to sleep. And again, Samuel, this time the, the high priest realized, Ah, oh, something's going on here. He said, uh, That's the Lord calling you. He said, Go lay down. And if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord. Your servant hears. I'm listening. You know, uh, uh, we need to respond correctly to the Lord's dealings with us. Because again, He won't force you to do anything. He won't force you to receive anything. He won't force you to cooperate with Him. When the Spirit of God is dealing with you, drawing you, you want to be quick to respond. You don't want to be stubborn. You don't want to be hard-headed. You want to be, uh, the, the psalmist talked about, uh, said, don't be uh, like a, a horse or a mule that they have to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, directed with a bit and a bridle. Well, how could you be differently? Well, there's something with horses called uh, being rain-trained, rain-trained the reins. Or the leather strips, you know, that the rider holds in their hands. Well, what's, what's, what does it mean, rain-trained? And in fact, you'll find that word in the Psalms about your reins uh, be, uh, you being used to direct you in the night. The reins of your heart. Well, well what's, what does it mean, rain-trained? It's kind of like power steering <laughs> on a horse. <laughs> what do you mean, Brother Keith? Well, a horse that is not trained or a horse that is stubborn and don't want to be trained, they, they won't give you their head. If you want the horse to turn left or right, then uh, the horse's head will, will lean that way and the body will follow the, the head. And if you put a bit and a bridle in their mouth, well, then that hard thing pulls against the corner of their mouth and they'll give in to it. But a horse that is well-trained or good nature, uh, you don't even have to have a bit. Uh, There are horses that are trained to the point where you can just lay that rein across the side of their neck, and for a big horse with thick hide, that little piece of leather must feel like hardly anything, right? But when they sense it, They'll just go that way because they realize you want them to go that way. So they immediately comply without resistance, without difficulty. How many want to be rain trained when it comes to the Spirit of God leading you and dealing with you? And when he says, uh, Samuel, you want to immediately go, yes, Lord, your servant's listening. What, what? And, you know, it's, it's easy for people to say, oh, Lord, you know, whatever you want me to do, I, I, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go. Uh, but uh, <laughs> with so many people, it's just not true. They, it's fine to say it until it comes down to it. And people will say so adamantly, oh, Lord, whatever you want. Oh, Lord, your will be done. And he says, all right, I want you to do this. Oh, Not that. I mean, oh, that's just not, no, that's not my thing. Easy to say it, different thing to do it. And you'll find that if you're not willing, it makes you dull of hearing. Class, did y'all hear that? If your heart's not willing, it makes your ears dull of hearing. But a willing heart makes a hearing ear. And uh, Jesus talked about this in John 7. He said, if any man wills to do his will, and that's how it's written in the literal, if any man wills to do his will, he will know. Talking about whether it's of God or whether it's not. One of the biggest things you could ever learn in this life is to discern and distinguish what's God and what's not. What's his, Him speaking to you and what's not? What's His will and plan? What's not? What's His uh, will and what's not? What's Him? What's not Him? And a a big thing that enables you and I to distinguish that and discern that is our heart. Whether it's willing, truly, genuinely willing or not. And that is under our control. Not his. He's not controlling that. Uh, you have to yield that to him. And there's also a prayer, and I pray this you know, just every once in a while. Uh, Lord, work in me to will and to do <laughs> of all your good pleasure. If you're willing to be willing, he can work with you. He can work in you even with the willing part. Even if you realize part of you is not willing to do what you know you should do, you can give him something to work with by saying, Lord, I'm willing to get willing. <laughs> I'm willing to be willing. Lord, work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. I'm quoting scripture. Everybody said out loud, Lord, Lord I'm, willing I'm willing to be willing. To be willing. Work in, me work in me to will, to will. And, to do and to do of your good pleasure, of your good, will. your good will. Thank you, Thank you. for perfecting that Perfect. which, concerns which concerns me. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, Thank you. that you who have begun, you have begun a good work in me, You will complete it. You will will perform it until the day day. of Jesus Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, that's that's a powerful prayer. If you mean that from your heart, you just opened up your inner being for God to do some serious work in you and help you out. And that's life changing. When you quit resisting God... (laughs) And start working with him. Your life's about to get way better. Do you believe that child of God? When you quit fighting him. You know he said to Saul. When he met him on the road to Damascus. He said again. It's like this name calling. Aeneas. Samuel. Saul. Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And he was like. Who are you Lord? (laughs) I didn't know who I was persecuting. He said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And what, a, what the prick was, was a, a, a stick or a pointed stick that herdsmen used. And they'd poke the cow to get the cow to go in the right direction. And if the cow didn't like it, they might kick back at it, you know. And, uh, and the Spirit of God is priding you and saying, come on, go this way. And you can go, uh-uh, no, I don't, I don't want to go that way. If you're not smart, you'll do that. But that's a He said, it's hard for you to do that. It's hard for you to live that way. The way of the transgressor is hard, hard. And then people are saying, Lord, why are you making it so hard? He's not making it so hard. Why are you so hard headed? <laughs> why won't you comply? Why won't you go with his program? And this, this friend is happening with millions of people across the planet, they are bucking against the will of God. They are kicking against some things they know He told them to do. They they hadn't told other people, but they know it. Oh friend, said out loud, I'm willing. I'm willing. To, be willing. to be willing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For working, in me. for working in me. He is and He will and I'm telling you, cooperate and life will get way better quick. Our time's up again today. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Well, we'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. I've got no-